Welcome to Keystone Education Radio, the podcast for all things focused on education in Pennsylvania. Now here's your host, Annette Stevenson. Public education presents a challenging landscape for parents and the communities at large, educators, administrators, and legislators. Everyone wants the best for the students who are being educated in the K-12 through system and beyond. But how to achieve it in a way that continues to meet the ever-changing needs? Budget constraints, legislative parameters, policies, and personal philosophies all part of the discussions that swirl around what's best for students. So how to create a roadmap to successful, thriving educational environments? Here with us today is Heather Massard, Director of Policy Services for the Pennsylvania School Boards Association. She is the project facilitator on the Commonwealth Education Blueprint, which is in phase two of development. We're going to hear about the objectives and what this blueprint is set out to accomplish. Thanks for being with us today, Heather. Thanks so much for having me. So we're going to jump right in and talk about what is the Commonwealth Education Blueprint. Describe it a little bit and talk about how it's evolved or grown. Sure. The Commonwealth Education Blueprint project really started in the spring of 2017, and it's an education visioning project for Pennsylvania. So the goal is to develop a vision and a set of measurable goals to provide equitable, excellent public education for all Pennsylvania students. And this is something that Pennsylvania School Boards Association is very passionate about. Other states had initiated or completed similar vision projects at that time, including Georgia, Illinois, Massachusetts, Montana, Maryland, and Missouri, just to name a few. And those were often partnerships between school boards associations, administrator associations, and other state agencies. So PSBA invited a group of individuals from all different facets of public education, all different regions of the Commonwealth and backgrounds, to form a steering committee and put together an education vision for the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. And it really kicked off with some individuals from the Georgia Vision Project who worked with the team to develop an outline and really lay out what would become the foundation of the Commonwealth Education Blueprint. So phase one of the project included gathering input from education stakeholders across the state on what's important for public education in the future. What is our vision? And they conducted work group meetings, focus groups, a listening tour, and a survey. They included school directors, teachers, principals, superintendents, other state associations, students, parents, and community members. And they all had input to develop the main vision statements of the blueprint in several different subject areas. So out of that, a final report was published in the fall of 2018, and it included a set of statements describing the vision for Pennsylvania students and the ideals for public education in the Commonwealth. Phase two of the project's underway now, and the goal for that is really to distill those vision statements and lay out a more focused vision for public education in Pennsylvania through 2038. And we chose the year 2038 because that's the year students born in 2020 will graduate. So we wanted it to be a little bit more focused and to provide specific measurable recommendations to schools, to legislators, to state agencies and communities on how that vision can actually be achieved. Okay, wow. It sounds like it's really being informed from a wide range of perspectives. Definitely. We've really strived to include as many voices as possible from the public education sector. 
Okay. And can you address, uh, does it include different aspects of the educational equation? And, and if you could give some examples of the areas that it addresses? Sure, absolutely. Not only does the Blueprint Project include participation from all those different voices, but it really is meant to address multiple strategic subject areas that make up the foundation of education. So we have um, put together a, a series of different work groups in these different subject areas. The first one is teaching and learning. And that focuses on curriculum, teaching styles, early childhood education, career and technical education, social-emotional learning, and really everything at the heart of what and how students learn. The next subject area we've been working with is staffing and facilities, and that includes things like teacher certification requirements and pathways, professional development for staff, and physical facilities, but not just the buildings. We're also talking about technology and learning spaces and how those contribute to the education environment. Family and community engagement is one of the other subject areas, and that really focuses on collaboration with parents and guardians and families and how they can strengthen education community partnerships, and fulfilling the physical needs of students, so involving things like health care, medical care, and social services for students. And then also coordinating with businesses on their workforce needs and how all of that pulls together to be a vision for education. Citizens and policymaking is another area that we focused on, and that's really the voice of the community in education decisions. What is public input? What is the role of school directors? Um, the importance of local control and advocacy for state and federal resources and regulations and funding. So that's all included in that citizens and policymaking area. And then finally, there's an area on financial resources, state and federal funding, local funding and budgeting, and that constant balance between what are the financial resources of a district and what are its educational needs for students. And then also talking about things like flexibility and cooperative financing, being able to pool resources and build partnerships with municipalities and other local governments to provide for those financial needs of a district. Okay, wow. It sounds very comprehensive. It really is. It's really designed to try to look at every aspect of public education in the Commonwealth and develop recommendations for each of those. Okay, so school districts are obviously very familiar with operating on a foundation of policies. Mm -hmm. So how does the Commonwealth Education Blueprint differ from, let's say, a set of recommended or best practice policies? That is an excellent question, and I live and breathe policy all the time for <laughs> school boards, so it's definitely a passion of mine. And really, policies are specific statements. They lay out the direction of a local school board in implementing its educational program in their local schools. So policy is, for example, what curricular and course requirements are mandated for graduation, what does the student and staff dress code look like? And what outside groups might use school facilities? The blueprint, the Commonwealth Education Blueprint, is really a vision statement. It goes beyond those day-to-day -day questions and implementation items and really is designed to look at a vision of how public education can and should look for all students. What obstacles stand in the way and how do we overcome them? So it's visioning things like universal all-day kindergarten, flexible teacher certification programs, project-based curriculum, flexible learning spaces for career-oriented or education. Policies define what can and should happen now at individual schools, and the blueprint is a vision for what education should be and could look like in the next 18 years to provide equitable education for students. 
Okay. And so describing it as a vision statement, which I think is very accurate, how will the Commonwealth Education Blueprint be able to help guide districts that have very different needs, different demographics, unique criteria? How is that going to be able to meet all of those varying needs? That's a great question. And and policies are different district to district, and yet we're looking at a single unified vision here. And when I moved to Pennsylvania from Boston over 15 years ago, I quickly discovered that one of the things that makes Pennsylvania so special is our unique landscapes and people and cultures. There's so much diversity. And you can travel from Amish farmland and in less than two hours be in Philadelphia with a cheesesteak. So it's one of our greatest strengths, and it's really reflected in our students, all of this diversity. But we have found it's one of the greatest challenges and also I see one of the most important goals of the blueprint to make sure it reflects all of our students' needs and all of their dreams for the future. So we've continuously sought to include those voices from all across the Commonwealth, from different geographic areas, socioeconomic backgrounds, urban, suburban, and rural voices, and different cultures. In working on phase two, we recognize that there is no one-size-fits-all approach for school districts. And Mark Tucker explains it this way in the nine building blocks for a world-class education system, which is put out by the National Center on Education and the Economy. You can't take a model for something that works well in one school district and plug it into another district across the state and expect the same results. So school building projects in rural southern Pennsylvania farmland districts look very different from facility renovation projects in landlocked Philadelphia. And the career pathway learning options in Williamsport and up in the gas drilling area don't look the same as those in the Pittsburgh suburbs. So for each of those published vision statements in phase one, Our goal in phase two is really to identify multiple obstacles that districts face and what prevents them from achieving that vision, whether it's a geographical obstacle, financial, or a cultural challenge. And then from that, also developing multiple recommendations for how that vision might be attained, which is going to look different at every school district. We want the final blueprint report to really reflect our diversity and yet provide multiple pathways to unite us in that single vision for public education. Wow. Okay. Big charge set up. (laughs) A big objective there. So we've talked about how it's informed from various perspectives and and how it's designed to meet the needs or support the needs of all this, this wide, diverse state that we live in. Can you tell me about some of the people who have been involved or are presently involved in the Commonwealth Education Blueprint Project? Yes, the group leading the project of phase two is sort of our our leadership committee is made up of past and present Pennsylvania School Boards Association presidents, and all have served as school directors on the boards of their local school districts. Two of them are from southeastern PA, two are from north central PA, and one's from south central PA. So they have some some ranges in culture and geographical and urban and versus rural experience as well. And they're really leading this charge. They are all very passionate about public education and local representation and advocacy. And then our work groups are a mixture of individuals from every region of the state. We've tried to be very strategic in making sure we have large geographic representation. 
They have a variety of personal and professional backgrounds. We are including teachers, principals, superintendents, school directors. We have some parent advisory group leaders, charter school and intermediate unit administrators, school attorneys, technology and human resources administrators, and several more. Uh, We've made sure we have representation from rural, suburban, and urban districts. And the work of phase one that we're building on, we've included some returning faces from phase one and also added some new faces to that. But even that phase one had a very diverse background of individuals. And we also made efforts to include student voices through the survey process in phase one. So all of those different voices will be coming together and really moving forward with this phase two of the project. Wow. Okay. So you're in phase two or you're just beginning phase two development. What are the objectives at this stage that have been established? It's really designed to distill that vision of phase one, to boil it down and pull out those items that are more focused and develop practical recommendations for how school districts can achieve the vision. So it's really meant to be a more practical guide and statement of how we move forward with this education vision. Each of the statements that were published in that phase one have been categorized and broken down by subject area so we can really focus on driving them forward. And then the work groups in each of the subject areas we discussed earlier, so that teaching and learning, staffing and facilities, family and community engagement, citizens and policy making, and financial resources, each of those areas has a work group that we'll be meeting to discuss and identify What are those obstacles that prevent us from achieving these goals and visions? And what are specific measurable recommendations for how schools overcome those obstacles and move forward? And then from all of those recommendations, a final report's going to be developed to really move this forward. Not a small task, we know, but it's something that we're very ambitiously tackling. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so that final report, what is the anticipated time frame on that? Our final report's anticipated for completion by the start of 2020. And our hope is that school districts will use that really as as a tool to communicate with their legislators and their state agencies about changes that impact public education, to look at their own districts and their own possible systemic changes, whether it's changes in operations or additional staff training, teaching style changes, facility changes, curriculum changes, anything that might be able to move them forward. And then also to discuss the report and recommendations with their students, with their staff, and their community, and and how they all incorporate and participate in, in realizing a vision and affecting change. Great. So early 2020. So what I'd love to do, this has been a tremendous amount of information for the listeners. And what I'd like to do is have you or other members of the Commonwealth Education Blueprint Project come back and give us an update when you're ready so that we can properly introduce what will hopefully be a heavily utilized tool. That would be great. We would love that opportunity. Thank you so much for being with us, Heather. Well, thank you so much for giving us a voice uh, for this vision. Uh, it's, it's easy to have a vision and lay everything out on paper. It's uh, much more fulfilling to be able to talk about it in person. Great. Thank you. This podcast is produced by the Pennsylvania School Boards Association. Today's episode was brought to you in part by sponsors Keystone Purchasing Network and the ECG Group. Listeners, I encourage you to go to keyedradio.org for more information and resources supporting today's discussion. Take a look there also for other relevant topics covered in past episodes. This is Annette Stevenson saying thanks for listening to Keystone Education Radio. 
The views and opinions expressed on the Keystone Education Radio podcast are solely the views and opinions of our guests and do not reflect the views and opinions of the Pennsylvania School Boards Association. Thank you.